Hello, I'm Richard Fox. Welcome to Messages of Hope. No, it's a pretty horrific time. It's like trains coming, the noise and the, just the black smoke. It just goes completely black. You can't see your hand in front of your face when that first initial front of fire hits. It really happened. It wasn't a nightmare or a dream. No, I thought that you'd close your eyes and go to sleep and wake up the next day and everything would be normal again, but it doesn't happen like that. The house was totally wiped out lost everything that we possessed. We so relate to the burnt cars because that's how Judy and the children died. You know, you look at all the things you've worked for and virtually gone. For us, the thing was, you know, what else has happened? Who else has lost their home? And you couldn't find out. Uh, and it's all blackened clouds of smokes boiling. And she said, is this going to be the end of the world? You can't understand how it takes one and leaves one. The um, physical things can be replaced. The mental scars are still with me. And four years later, if you meet someone, the fire is still something you talk about. These fires will happen again. It's no matter of if, but when. These days, it seems that every summer will bring devastating fires to somewhere in Australia. For those of us who watch on from a distance, the stories of lost property, livelihoods and lives burn lasting images into our memories and hearts. But what about the people who experienced the loss firsthand? Today you'll hear stories of people who've lived through a major fire event. Those who fought the fire, lost homes and property, and worst of all lost friends and family members, will share what they experienced the day the fires hit, and how they've coped years down the track. Can you recover from events like these and look forward with confidence? Our guests begin by talking about their feelings and memories from the day of their fire disaster. Um, sheer panic, because you don't know what's going on back here. My concern wasn't for the house. The house was the least of my concern. That can be replaced. My concern was my husband that I left behind. Uh, the worst part of it was we lost our identity. We didn't even, didn't really, after we come to our senses and understood what had happened, wife and I didn't really know who we were because you had no identity, you had nothing, not a thing. All we had was what we stood up in. I heard a, a voice in my mind and it said, don't look back. I straight away remembered the story of Lot and his wife and two daughters and the angel said, don't look back when Sodom and Gomorrah were being burnt. And I really heeded that. I thought, if I look back, I could panic and I could stall the car and I could be stuck here and I'll be in the road and someone else's life might get lost. On the day of Black Tuesday, one of my workers actually pranged the fire unit on the fence line and the fire was on him and we had to pick him up. And, and there's so much smoke and ash around that you have a lot of difficulty seeing. He rang me on the phone to tell me that, that he was in trouble and I told him that I'll be coming down the fence line, stand away from the fence, because he wouldn't be able to see me, I'd run him over. And I was going to be, I was sending the horn on the car as I was driving along and I said, he'll be able to hear me when this go past. I actually went, drove straight past him. He would have been less than five metres away from me and you couldn't hear me because of the roar of the fire coming in, coming in. These big fires, it's actually a rolling front of just embers flying through the air that hit anything and they light up. Any exposed wood, they just light up, particularly when you've got a, a wind. The wind's the killer. I can remember the amber light and it was really eerie. Then once it went over, you came outside and you just couldn't believe it. It was like a nuclear bomb had gone off. There was smoke coming out from all sorts of things and debris everywhere and it just didn't look the same place. It looked like somewhere else in another country. 
The next morning we had family turn up and um, to have family turn up first thing in that the next morning, you know, and the hugs and the tears and uh, it just allowed you to let out a lot of emotion that, um, well, you need to be able to talk about it. The real world, the outside of that, that event, keeps rolling on. It doesn't slow down and give you a chance to, to catch up. So that's still boiling along like it is and it's difficult knowing what you've got to do because all of a sudden it's 10 times more than you'd normally be doing, but you've got to do it. Because of losing family members, I became really quite ill. You actually move into depression, panic attacks, fear. I, I couldn't even cope with mail. It takes your energy um, in the most terrible way. You know, and I just thank God for my friends and really just kept tabs on me so well. It actually kept my heart going. From a faith point of view, the why question rears its head, which is no real answer. But the, the hope that our Saviour gives us, we know that irrespective of if we lose our possessions, He is always there. And that hope, that security, has certainly helped us to pull through terrible events. I mean, we had some funny times in all of, you know, the situations. And the morning our cattle got trucked out, we got up about half past four because the truck was going to be there at six o'clock and we had Angus cows, which are black, and we'd got them in. And Kevin gave David and I a pair of shears and he said, dock their tails. And I went, like, what does that mean? And we couldn't see and we were in the cattle yards. He said, just grab their tails and cut their tails straight. Well, it was dark, black cows... It was ash everywhere. I was laughing, I was crying, cursing because I just couldn't do this. When daylight came and we loaded the cattle, my face was black and all I had was these marks where I'd been crying and laughing so much. So amid the tragedy and the devastation, there was some times with our family and with my boss that I'll never forget. I suppose what happens is you, you sort of go through this rebuilding stage and put our crops in and, you, and you, you, you're sort of busy about what you're doing but you really don't know what's going on within you because you're busy out, outside of you. And we put some uh, crops in and, and we hit about August, you know, October and um, we had beautiful crops. Like The season was um, very favourable for us after a bushfire. It was amazing how we went from black to some quite nice crops and I couldn't get why it didn't feel right you know we had these nice crops and everything and I was still hollow you know there was just nothing there and then you know if anything went wrong on the property or something small I tended to uh, get angry and that sort of thing and um, then I started to you know when we'd go out or we'd be somewhere and if I bumped into someone that I hadn't seen for a while and then they started talking about the fire and myself I'd um, get, get quite a bit of anxiety and break out in a sweat and um, it's just important that if you have anything, any symptoms like that, see a doctor, don't, don't let it destroy you or your family. You're listening to Messages of Hope and today we're talking to survivors of bushfires. Feel free to write a comment about today's program on our Facebook page, Messages of Hope, and encourage others. That's Facebook, Messages of Hope. In any tragedy, there's the initial shock, when you're almost in a daze. Then there's dealing with the immediate necessities and picking up the pieces. 
Our guests go on to share about their physical recovery and emotional healing. You've lost who you are. Everything that you are is in your home. Your home is you. Your books, your pictures, your photographs, all your history, your family history, it's all gone. There's just nothing left. It doesn't matter whether you've got a lot of possessions or very few. Even the shirt I'm wearing now, someone's worn it before me. That's still a donation from the recovery. I've got a cupboard full of donated clothes. I don't even think of it now anymore as donated clothes and belong to someone else. Now it's part of who I am, part of my new identity as it were. I still have trouble driving out and up the main road and um, I made a comment to Kevin a few weeks ago, you know, I hate that trip. All you see is black sticks and he said, I don't see them. He said, I see the green bush underneath and that really made me stop and think. So you can't look at what was, but look at what was, what's coming. I did a lot of studies, you know, within the fire ground and I worried about, you know, because of the heat and, and the greater fire it was that, you know, things wouldn't come back and whatever, but, yeah, you know, the trees come back and the natives come back and we found, you know, pygmy possums which were, you know, fairly rare over there and, yeah, so it's amazing how nature looks after itself. It's got a process of rebuilding itself, so just like the land's got to heal, the human spirit's got to, uh, got to heal. I could be so bitter, angry and everything what's happened, but I've had to learn that it doesn't do you any good. You've got to look forward, you've got to go forward. Go forward with love, not with hate. Yeah, you can have a grieving period, but don't make your life on grief. If you stay bitter, it'll drag you down. When you lose so much, because I know suicide was mentioned, a number of times in our family because um, the loss was really too difficult to bear. But for me, because I was anchored to God, and you come to the end of that and you think, well, where else am I going to go? There is nowhere else. So you actually stay, he hangs on to you, it's not the other way around. I guess I wasn't angry at God, I was wounded. And I think one thing that I really learnt was so, a number of things out of the Bible, but one thing that came into my mind was when the children had died was the scripture that where King David had lost his little son. He'd actually fasted and prayed such a lot and then the boy died. And he said, he cannot come back to me, but I can go to him. And that was just really a healing thing for me because I realised that my grandchildren, they were fine. The struggle was left behind for us to try and get through. And we are, and we will. One of the difficult things for me, being an independent farmer, was accepting help. It was a very humbling experience and uh, we were very, very, very grateful for the, the volunteers that came, accept them and uh, be very thankful they are there. It mightn't look good at this time, but be as positive as you can. You'll come through it at the other end. We've come from a small community. You stick together as a community and share your, your good times and your bad and you'll be okay. You might not rebuild what you've lost, but you will get there. Don't at any time ever say, time you get on with it, get over it, get on with it, because that really hurts. And unless you've been through it, don't ever say that. The past will haunt you, it'll haunt you for I don't know how long. Ours is four years behind us, it still haunts us, and I don't think there's any shame in looking back. It'll be natural, but there again, then you must look forward as much as you can and try and establish your 
new life, wherever it may be. And the thing that they've taught me is to stop and really have a look at things every day. The old cliche of smelling the roses, just really look at something and learn to appreciate it. You know, whether it's a rose, a flower, a bird, the sun that comes up, everything becomes really important. It's absolutely beautiful and, you know, you, you look at life differently. I think it's also important to take time off and reflect. It was very easy to just work, but it's important to just catch your breath. Don't wear yourself to a frazzle. Uh, it's important to keep body, mind and soul healthy. It's like, it's like the old biblical scripture that Paul said, I look not back at what's behind, but I go on forward. And that, that's been in my mind a lot. Every time I find myself going backwards, you'll go downhill. You'll become depressed, you'll become teary, emotional. And then I think of that, that little scripture, regardless of whether you're Christian or non-Christian, and I try and turn around and think, no, I'm going ahead. Um, I've got to keep going forward. You can allow yourself to go back, but don't, don't stay too long and don't linger. The um, physical things may be replaced. The mental scars are still with me, but they do heal. Don't try and do it all this week. Pace yourself, set realistic goals. There is a life after a fire. You've been listening to Messages of Hope and the stories of bushfire survivors. Whenever tragedy strikes, there's a lot of emotion to deal with. Anger, loss, emptiness, questions of faith in God, bitterness and more. You can share your honest feelings with God, who promises to bring you comfort and hope. For free PDFs, videos and podcasts about how God can help you rebuild your life, go to messagesofhope.org.au or for a free booklet, call 1-800-353-350. That's 1-800-353-350. I'm Richard Fox, a pastor of the Lutheran Church, where love comes to life. I hope you can join us again next week for another message of hope. Real hope to cope with life's challenges.